Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Lay Foam, where we come together each week to discuss gems of the cinematic industry. And in this episode, we will be reviewing the 1995 romantic film, Before Sunrise. And according to Letterboxd, here's a summary for the film. On his way to Vienna, American Jesse meets Celine, a student returning to Paris. Since his flight to the U.S. departs the next morning and he has no money for lodging, they wander the city together, taking in the experiences of Vienna and each other. All right, I have an admittedly insane idea, but if I don't ask you this, it's just, uh, you know, it's going to haunt me the rest of my life. What? Um, I want to keep talking to you, you know? I have no idea what your situation is, but, uh, but I feel like we have some kind of, uh, connection, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, right. Well, great. So listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. What? Come on. It'll be fun. <laughs> now, before we begin, um, I just want to introduce myself. This is your first time listening to our episode. I'm your co-host, Richard Lay, and as usual, here are my podmates. Uh, Tyler Cunningham. Kevin Carpio. Patrick. And this week's episode, we are actually reviewing our romantic film for the first time actually so this is going to be something different uh, especially in terms of tone uh, <laughs> we uh, are swaying away from like the more dark um, gritty material that we've been watching um, kind of the harsher realms of life and we did just hit October though oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, right, this is right before spooky season. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so Tyler, you actually picked uh, this week's uh, selection. And before we get into it, I wanted to ask you, um, since you are a recently engaged and happily man, um, I wanted to ask you, what's... Since finishing this film, what is like your reflection on your own relationship and relationships in general? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, because man, you're like a guru. Like <laughs> Tyler, this episode's uh, about you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about you. Oh man, um, I don't know. Yeah, just watching this movie like reminded me of just like yeah, falling in love with Abby. Like we like pretty much did that. I want to say like. Mold, like we've had like you know like hundreds of moments like that which is just cool to, it's just fun to watch and it like makes you want to go back and do it again but it's like it's cool because we still keep doing that but um yeah like it just I don't know like I guess it kind of like reaffirms like makes you like makes me feel good that like I don't know like I don't know what happens with them at the end but like he just like took you know he like he just took his shot he shot he shot his shot <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did pretty much that's what like because I was like crushing on Abby actually for like a while, um, but yeah it was just it was fun to watch and it made it a uh, I wish I would have watched it with Abby we actually didn't watch it together but oh, it wow. seems like I was like I got to rewatch it with you like right now <laughs> yeah and. Didn't you also at some point in your relationship with Abby have long distance? Isn't that something that you had to work out as yeah. well? Yeah, we did long distance for uh, a whole year. Or, no, we did long distance for our first year dating, like, because we started dating, like, right at the end of high school. And she went to New York, and I was in California. We did that for a year. And then we did long distance for another three years after that, because she went to uh, Oregon. She went to Oregon after that. But once she moved to Oregon, it was fine, because then I would just drive up there. Yeah. Wow, man. That, that says that, a lot. Yeah. That gives me a lot of uh, optimism for a relationship, because three years is uh, a long time. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, you have to factor in, like, financial costs, you know, emotional toll, and, like, especially when you're stressed, like, how do you deal with it when they're not there to support you? Yeah, that was that was always tough. Honestly, we definitely had like times where it just it really sucked. Like, um, it got a lot easier once she moved to Oregon because 
she moved to like Ashland, so it was only like a five hour drive rather than like a ten hour drive. So I could really make it like any time. Like so, like there'd be times where like where we really just want to see each other so bad that like I would drive for like five hours and then like kick it for like probably not even like twenty four hours there or like wow. probably just about twenty four hours. Wow. Usually though, like we wouldn't do that. But, like oh, it's just like too far, like too much to do. But yeah. there'd be times like where like yeah, like what you're saying, like it's just like stress or whatever. You both just want to see each other, so you just you just go do it. Right. So before we get into the film, I want to ask one more question for you. Um, after everything you told me and after seeing the film, what do you think makes a relationship like that last? Um, is it dedication or is it passion? Uh, both, for sure. That dedication, passion, you got to be honest with each other. You got to, like work to get like you got to be like teammates like you know like uh i don't know like if one side's like it's like a like a turbine if one side's not turning or whatever then it's just not going to work so and i think uh when like times are rough you just gotta work through it and talk it out rather than like let things simmer and yeah you know just love each other be nice be yeah. nice to each other and it honest with each other too you know like will me and abby would just call each other out on each other's stuff all the time just kind of like <laughs> what celine and jesse does in this film right on yeah the yeah which is a, a part like it's just like yeah yeah it's just so organic that movie and i'm i related to a lot of things that they uh like their conversations and maybe that also reaffirms, like, you know, your unconditional love and your relationship and, you know, the chemistry and the communication that works. And that's why you are engaged. So I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So let's jump right into it. Um, let's give our initial impressions. I've already seen the film. I know, Kevin, you've already seen the film, but... Uh, Patrick and Tyler, you two are the only ones that haven't seen it. Um, do you all want to start off with your initial impressions? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were Patrick. How am I going to say again? <laughs> uh, must have left a really long-lasting impression. <laughs> you know, maybe we can just go first, then. Since we've already seen the film. Sure. I've seen this movie, like, at least 20 times. Uh, the first time I saw this film was about, I'd say, nine or ten years ago, actually. And the first time I saw it, I, it was only because I was looking up films on Rotten Tomatoes, and then uh, and then I stumbled across this film, and I saw Ethan Hawke was in it. And I was like, hey, I like Ethan Hawke as an actor, and I've seen Julie Delby in a couple films before, but um, never in something like this where they're given so much nuance and screen time just two actors just leading the way and um yeah the first time I saw it and it really defied all of my expectations or like the conventions of a romantic I mean it's not really a romantic comedy but most romance has comedy embedded into it so it's typically run-of-the-mill romantic comedies or just like sappy like Savvy corny lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like one-liners, having, having the comic relief, um, having all these tropes, and this film manages to avoid all of that and still does a great job of being relevant today, I think. And, um, yeah, the first time I saw it and the moment that it ended, I had so many questions, I was so curious... I called him my best friend. I talked to him for like two hours on the phone. I said, dude, you need to watch this movie. And he watched a movie. And we both had the same questions. We were like, okay, um, will they, won't they? You know, that whole idea. I won't get into it yet. We'll probably get into more details soon. But, um, yeah, and then probably the moment our conversation about the movie ended, I was like, well, what do you know? There is a sequel to this movie. <laughs> and he said, what? And then, yeah, we went from there. And I just, 
loved that whole idea that like um, there is a continuation or that there is hope or not even just hope but I get to see these people again like I, I got to spend a day with them and get to know them and this film does an incredible job of uh, of its performances and just like capturing the wholesomeness of that story yeah, and I love the chemistry between Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy as Jesse and Celine. And yeah, like what we were talking about before, it just gives me a lot of optimism and hope for relationships for myself and, and in the future. Yeah, I think um, this movie is one of the ones that have sh- or that has shaped I guess sort of the ideals that I chase for in life, um, whether or not you actually achieve them, it's in the effort that matters the most, which is actually one of the things that's glossed over, uh, or one of the many subjects I should say that, and topics that are, uh, talked about in this movie. Um, I remember, um, my family had like gotten access to a premium cable, uh, subscription where like IFC was included in it and and I remember um, seeing so many movies because of that movies that I had never seen before because otherwise I was so used to seeing uh, like children's movies like coming from like Disney and um, just a whole bunch of other Hollywood type movies but I remember seeing this and I started it a, a little bit late because I was just going through channels at the time, but I felt like I was watching a transitional moment, but that was it. And it felt so unique because it felt so present. Because usually when it comes to transitions, you have to be very present in the type of filmmaking that is portrayed because, I don't know, you have to make every single moment count during that transition. But this just felt like it was expanded to an hour and 40 minute long movie. And it just felt so authentic and so organic and so sublime because there's nothing more special in this world than like getting to know another person, like being able to communicate and connect on a level where you can express your thoughts, your your opinions, your, your beliefs, what have you, with another person. And they can understand and also give their own perspective on the, on the subject at hand. And especially in terms of romance, because it's just so moving. And like I said, so many of the ideals that I have in my own life were formed because of this movie and it always makes me want to strive for authenticity in both myself and who I like to get to know and it makes me appreciate the mortality and the finiteness of our time in this world and like uh, like what Jesse says it's like feels like just crashing a big party that you weren't invited to, you know. And yeah, that's my that's my those are my impressions from the movie. Okay, you guys. Okay, you guys got me kickstarted now for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do. Yeah, this was a weird. It wasn't a weird film. I enjoyed it, but maybe I've been conditioned by Hollywood. There was only like one or two moments that had like a deep resonance. I don't know if it was like, I don't know what was causing that inside me. But the weird thing is the whole film feels so authentic, like you said, where it's, the conversations seem completely natural. It's, it seems so authentic, but then it seems still, is, is it magical? I guess it comes down to the debate of the whole film, where that part where they just, like, I've been in one of those situations, kind of. 
where you meet someone on a, I met someone on a bus and they showed interest in a shirt I was wearing and I just took the jump and got their number and then we had a brief relationship and that was like one of my first relationships. Whoa. So the, no, that part resonated with me and then, but the whole theme of the f- film is about is there love or not? And it's very much, they're debating this or they're, they're having back and forth on, have they been in love? What is love? Is love possible? But, and then the other conversation seemed so authentic about what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be a person? What does it mean to be yourself? What does it mean to be what your parents want you to be? Like there's so many deep themes, but like this still feels like a magical part, especially with the fortune teller and the poem writer they stumble across. Where it's like, oh no, though their meeting was more destiny, or if there is love, this is it. And it feels like there's reinforcing events that are trying to push them to like say, this is love. This I haven't seen the other two films of the trilogy, but that's like towards that's the vibe I got the whole time in the film. And yeah, there's just it was like a conflicting feeling I was getting. We're at it. I enjoyed the film a lot, but I was like, do I, I wanted more theatrics, but then I was thinking, like, it's not about, this is supposed to be real, so there's not that many theatrics, and the one or two moments that are theatric, it really resonated with me. It's like a, my brilliant career, where you're sitting there and you're like, you want certain cliches to happen, but they don't, but then you acknowledge the film's better for that. That was, like, my big takeaway. Um... Yeah, I, I just, I, I thoroughly just like, I think just watching it one time, I would definitely say it's like top two romance movie for me. I don't even know what I would put number one, actually, because I'm not a huge, like, I don't even, yeah, I, I don't have a huge sample size of romance movies. Like, Pride and Prejudice is Abby's favorite romance movie, and I like this more than that, for sure. What? You haven't seen I Love You, Man? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, just like going through it, like you just spend a whole day with them and like, it's just like it, we've all been saying, it's just like so organic and like the performances are like so spot, like so spot on. Like that's like the record store scene is like, like, and that's like, Literally, that's, like, the most, like, I feel like beautiful moment I've, like, that's, like, a moment that everybody wants to, you know, do or whatever, and I think this movie just captured those small moments like that, just, like, sitting in a record store listening to a song with somebody that you think, you know, that, like, you're starting to just like, you know, and get to know is, um, it's just, like, so pure. And this movie captured, like, all those moments, I think, perfectly. That record scene gave me anxiety. (laughs) 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 Anxiety. (laughs) Where they keep looking at each other and not catching each other. It's, like, so perfectly awkward. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, I I felt that. And I was feeling it again. We've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I just want to watch a movie. I don't want to feel that way. (laughs) When when I first saw it, I, I mean... When I first saw it, I, there's so many moments that I forgot just because of time and whatnot. But I watched it. Well, I bought the trilogy um, earlier this year, so I rewatched all of them. And I remember I was just sitting back, and then that scene happens to come on, and I just I like start holding like my fist up in my mouth, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, you can't be doing this." And then I remember actually being vocal about it, like no move. I then. It, hardly do I is there ever a reaction that's elicited from something that I'm watching or listening to that I have to like be like what like how like I don't know it it like made my heart beat so freaking fast because I felt so invested in what in the magic that was being conjured between these two people clearly you could see these two are they're starting to believe in what is being presented to them as opposed to fighting it and being afraid of it. And it's just so goddamn romantic. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> I think that's a big achievement of the film is 
the best moments feel like when they're not talking, the most genuine. Because they do talk about endearing and realistic and authentic stuff, but like the moments where they're not looking at each other directly in the eyes and the phone call where he keeps looking down or like the awkward <laughs> small details that they capture is really what carried the movie. Oh my goodness, the, the phone call scene was probably my favorite <laughs> of the film. It's like... Because there are some parts where it doesn't feel romantic, but then you get to that part where it's like, this is the romantic moment. Like when they kiss for the first time. And, and then she makes fun of him for it later. And that's so <laughs> relatable because like... You know, in a way, she's trying to disengage us into thinking like, oh, you can't look at it in a romantic lens the whole time. You know, sometimes <laughs> it is like real life. Um, yeah, or like the, the, the bus ride where they, uh, they're telling or they're asking each other questions and they have to answer truthfully. And then you see Jesse wanting to make contact with her or like doesn't know if he can like touch her hair or like move it to the side. Just like the the progression of them being able to maneuver around each other's like boundaries, where, where can they cross and what can they say, and they just open up to each other, like so authentically to me. It's so organic. Like I wish I could have that. Like I know well, I think everybody wants to have that, where you just feel so comfortable. And you don't have to feel scared. You can even talk about your fears or talk about your your problems in life or, like, uh, where do you want to go with your career? What are your dreams? Yeah, I think this film, yeah, it is one of, like, the best romantic films ever. Yeah, like you said, Tyler, it's top one, top two. I don't know. Like, it's... It's up there. I think unanimously, I think it should be at least top three. And, um, yeah, there are incredible, there are incredible lines in the movie that I remember. Um, you know, where Celine, uh, was pondering about, like, the idea of God, and if he did exist, he, it would, you know, um, it would be in some kind of, like, magic, and how that would be in the attempt of understanding someone sharing something. You know, and it's all about, like, the in-between moments of doing that. Whether it's, like, their conversation or whether they just take the time to, like, glance at each other or listen to music. Um, or, yeah, look look at this, uh, the sunrise. Um, yeah, it's such a surreal and dreamy movie. And I think it kind of revitalizes my hope for it. And with that being said, I'll give it a 4.5 out of 5. Maybe even a 5. I don't know. I'm like back and forth. I'll give it a 5. Or a f- 5 out of 5 romance movie. I'm just going to put a number one romance movie all nice. time for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I give it a 4. Four? Yeah. I give this movie a 4.5 because... I don't know if we're if we're gonna watch the sequels or not on this. I mean, I'm. I, it's probably a given at this point. Like, once you watch one, you have to. watch Yeah, I gotta watch the sequels. Um, so I'd imagine. Um, no spoilers, though. Yeah, I'm gonna elaborate on my scores throughout them, but there's a reason why I give this one a four point five, though. And yeah, I'm just gonna keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think this film is an excellent precursor to the next film, like the sequel before Sunset, and... Yeah, because it came out nine years nine later. Years, yeah. Really? So, nine years later? Yeah, so it's... There's a huge time gap, and that still doesn't tell you what even happened, mm-hmm. because... Yeah, you know, we're just gonna get into it. Yeah. So, if you got to this point in the podcast, uh, please watch the movie. You can rent it on YouTube. Um, definitely stream it and support this movie. I think it's definitely one of those underrated romantic gems, and if you don't watch a lot of romance in general, this is one that is worth... It's what like a okay. must-watch. Good to poem. All right. Will you read it to us? 
решил, окей? Daydream delusion. Limousine eyelash. Oh, baby, with your pretty face. Drop a tear in my wine glass. Look at those big eyes. See what you mean to me. Sweet cakes and milkshakes. I'm a delusion angel. I'm a fantasy parade. I want you to know what I think. Don't want you to guess anymore. You have no idea where I came from. You have no idea where we're going. Lodged in life. Like branches in the river. Flowing downstream, caught in the current. I carry you. You'll carry me. That's how it could be. Don't you know me? Don't you know me by now? Yeah, this is one of those this is one of the few movies that I actually recommend to people because it's like it's it I feel like it's quite rare just given, you know, time and like schedule and like what what have you um or I mean, I know that I do this a lot where somebody recommends me something and unless I do it that same day, I usually end up forgetting about it because it's like life just gets in the way. So, with that being said, this movie is the only movie that I recommend to people. <laughs> or like this this trilogy, I should say. Because once you watch one, they usually get hooked. <laughs> usually. And it's like, oh, you already have the other two that are out now. Like, there's a reason why, why they're made. Like, <laughs> I heard they're making a fourth. Not sure. I, I read something about a possible fourth. Ooh. I thought they died in the third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't they? Android come back. <laughs> and, and what's great about this film is that it doesn't have like crazy stakes or there isn't no insane plot. Yeah. Where like there isn't Jesse even much of a plot. Of, you know, <laughs> her long lost her ex boyfriend is yeah, <laughs> and fight the, the man or whatever. It's just very simplistic it's about how they're exploring the city together and um the idea of just having this limited amount of time with each other and what are you going to do in between those moments and what do you think about after it's over so yeah with that being said let's get into the uh i guess the ending i think that's what we all kind of want to talk about for them i mean Probably at first, but I do want to ask, what do you guys think? Do they see each other in six months' time? Do they return in December? I think I think I may have a different take on this, but it's like, I kind of don't want to watch the sequels. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. That's what I was saying Is, earlier, too. So, so this, is making, this, is making oh me, my God. this is making me wonder now, like... Wow! Patrick, are you the cynic or are you the romantic? Because no, I was like, I really enjoyed the movie, and I was like, I'm the, the fact we don't know. I was like, I find that so endearing. Where it's like, yeah, like this, the like you want to preserve it. The bittersweet yeah. moments, like my favorite part in the film, since we're in spoilers, is uh-huh. towards the end when there's the harpist horde player in like a basement practicing. It's like very warm lit, and they peek in on him and they do a little dance together. And that was like one of the moments in the film. Like, oh, this is. This is hitting hard for me. And then, like, they embrace, and then there's, like, the shot of Ethan Hawke. And he's, like, putting his face under her shoulder. I swear to God, he does the the guy thing of when you get teared up, but you got to blink real quick. Like, a big old blink to get your tears away. Like, oh, you're not a girl, you don't cry. You're not allowed to cry. And he does that, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. Because they still, they're still operating on the pretense that they're going to... This was a one-night thing, and they're not going to keep in contact. And that was, like, the biggest, like... I took it as, like, oh, that's, like, him really suffering. I like that you brought that up about him having to hide his tears because they do have conversations in the movie about what it is to be a man or what is it to be a woman. And, like, they do talk about, like, you know, feminism and being feminine or masculine or, or like, how... Uh, Celine makes fun of um, other men when they try to be all macho, you know. And that's you can tell like that's not something that she's into anyway. And the fact that Jesse embodies, or he has like a good balance of the two, 
makes him to me very likable and very uh, charismatic. Yeah, but like even like the fact he does it when he she can't possibly see it is like even more resonating of like oh he's he's hiding it from her as well. He doesn't want to ruin it or force her or feel like he's like yeah. If he starts crying in front of her about them not meeting again, like she may feel obliged. Like no, we'll meet again. Don't worry, we'll promise. I kind of want to expand on that part as well, because um, even when it does get brought up whether or not they're going to see each other again, you could tell that he was completely letting Celine guide the way on that with whatever she was comfortable with, which was, and you could see him like restraining like his inner romantic and like his inner passion for wanting to try and make it work. Like, for instance, he complains about like how long long distance relationships don't work, and um, he's even experienced it fail, and how they were being as rational as they could be about the situation, where they were saying, "Oh, you know, that's it's awful having to write to someone, and then they just one day just stop writing to you," and every time that every time that she would like sort of like give on the situation be like oh well maybe you could tell that he would light right up and he would like try to try to get it to to where it need or to where he was hoping it could be where they could both be willing to fail in order to see if it will work and i think that that's so brave and courageous but yeah i could just i love how he how he glowed up every time that it was a possibility yeah, he didn't want to fully commit just yet because he wasn't sure where she was at, you know? Because at first you're like, oh, yeah, let's not do that. It's, you know, it's corny and, you know, it's it's sad. And then she she makes the notion, well, you know, like, okay, what about six months? And then he's like, yeah, I mean, what about it, you know? <laughs> like... No, yeah, the, yeah. She says she says five years. He's like, "What? No!" Yeah, <laughs> like, and she's like, "Well, okay. Well, how about a year?" And then he's like, "No, six months." Like, yeah. like, it, like you could tell that if she was like, if she, she wanted to say, "How about next month?" He would have said, "How about in two weeks?" Yeah. He would have found a way to earn that money again to where he could afford to go out to Europe right. once more to see her, because he's willing to do whatever it takes to try and make it work because he feels so passionate about. It about their connection. Yeah, and at the end, doesn't he also, like, they're, they're both clearly about to cry as she's about to get on the train, and he's just like, oh, what are you upset about? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, not prod her on, prod her on, but, like, mm-hmm. the second she's, like, she expresses it, he hops right in, like, yeah, I've been feeling that <laughs> for a long time, so endearing. <laughs> and they, they didn't make the play. I was thinking about that for like the first forty minutes. When they go to the play, yeah, like when do they get into the damn play? I want to see this cow play. <laughs> yeah, with the the cow hoops smoking the cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Those two guys are pretty funny. I like them every time I see them. Like I know what's gonna happen because I've seen this so many times. I'm like, this is their only interaction, but it was pretty memorable to me. Okay. No, it was great because it's it's so confrontational at the start, mm-hmm. or not so. But there's like an undertone of confrontation. And then, like, they're giving them pamphlets to go see their play by the end. It's only like a minute-long exchange. Like, oh, that's great. That's why I was waiting for him to get to the play. <laughs> they better return. Maybe he comes back. back and, did they come back? <laughs> <laughs> comes back in the sequel. We haven't seen the sequels. <laughs> then I'll watch the sequels. <laughs> uh, also, one of my favorite scenes is the poet scene. Oh, yes. Daydream Delusions. Yeah, uh, that was just yeah. That was like another just beautiful moment. Do you guys think uh, the poet? Um, do you think he like had that pre-written and just like added in the uh, milkshakes? See, well, I don't then, think so. Do you think then again, see, so it goes. It's a, that same question is also yeah. If you're similar, a romantic, if yeah. you're, you're a realist, if you're a realist, idealist or, versus realism, yeah, yeah, and whether or not you think they'll see each other is the same way in doing that. And the fact that Jesse was the one who kind of put a damper on it, like, oh, you know, he probably had already memorized or written. Like, it made it made him look like the cynic. It made him look like, oh, yeah, you know, that stuff isn't real. Like, romance isn't real, you know? I think that one, because he's been recently burned, too. No, no, yeah, exactly. That made even more sense. But I was even like... 
maybe it was my me projecting onto him, but like with the with the uh, psychic mm-hmm. fortune teller, the, the palm reader, the palm reader. Yeah. With her at the start, I was very dismissive, and in the end, she kind of says something transitory. It's like, okay, maybe maybe it was a little bit not, but I was still pretty skeptical. But the poet, she's like, we're all stardust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like, oh, yeah, I've read, I've watched Cosmos as well. That's why I'm sitting there cynically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Sagan show. <laughs> but the poet one, that was one where I was like, no, that was clearly like, if there is something like the. That was clearly genuine because the poem itself. I really enjoyed the poem. I can't remember yeah. the whole thing, but like cupcakes, milkshakes. Was that the line with the word they gave him? I think so. I think it was like or like sweet cakes, milkshakes. Sweet cakes, milkshakes. Something and we're like that. just branches, yeah, flowing down the river. Like that whole thing was so endearing. I was like, no, I, he was skeptical again. Then I switched. To yeah, the inside, like, oh, just quit being a, Baby. quit being an a hole. Yeah, you're, James. You know what you're doing? You're being a rooster prick. Yeah, you're being a fucking rooster prick right now. <laughs> but I like that, um, yeah, he is like that, though. Because it makes him, there's a humanist side to it, like, to both of them, that they're both flawed. You're saying, Kevin? Oh, um, I love the, the poet's reaction to when he hears, to when he hears the, the word milkshakes. He's like, milkshakes? He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, all right. Yeah. But I I feel like, for me he genuinely did write that on the spot yeah. because even just the way that he was watching them and kind of observing them as, you know, just going back to talking with each other at, while he was writing it. There's so many, there's so many lines that are, um, in the poem itself where you could tell that he was genuinely thinking about them and what, how their connection might've been formed. Yeah, the, the tear glass, wine glass, they get the wine later, they have the moment in the park, they want to share what they really want, which is to be together, yeah, it's like, oh, it's so good. But doesn't it make, doesn't the movie make you forget that this only takes place in, like, an evening, like, less than a day? Because if you think about it, if you if you know someone who just like came back from like a trip, you know, with a new person, you're like, oh yeah, we're married. It's just like, what? You just went on vacation for like three days, dude. <laughs> you know, like that kind of breaks the illusion of romance. And if you look at it like that, um, some skeptics are gonna say like, yeah, well, it wouldn't work out anyway. You know, they were they were mentioning it to each other. There were things that they might have like disliked about each other. Where Celine was more optimistic, saying, "You know, I think that I can really fall in love with, you know, the you know the way someone carries their mannerisms, you know, what shirt they're going to wear that day, and how they're going to tell their story or their joke when they have company over." Yeah, yeah but I think I think the film's saying, like, my interpretation is saying that love is real, <laughs> and there's like so many moments where they cannot make the choice like with the start of the film with James reaching out to Celine to you want to just hang out for the day I know you're on a train going somewhere else right now but just hang out with me for a day and then I got a flight tomorrow then you catch the next train it's like such a bold thing to say but then she does say yes and then they progress more and more and they share a little bit more and like every like the time scale doesn't and then even on the phone call they even reference it where it's a bit like it's as much like a uh, fairy tale type thing. Like the prince sees the princess at the ball and they're in love and they dance together and then whatever other fairy tale stuff happens. But she says, like, on the train when he asked me to leave, I knew I cared deeply for him or I loved him. Or not loved him, but yeah. I knew I was going to get off the train when. What, what was oh, it was, a, it was a story about when uh, Jesse. Yes. With the, yeah, with his grandmother in the rainbow. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, she said, I knew the answer then I was going to spend the day with him, of course. And then he says, when she came and sat next to him, he knew that he had to ask her to do that. And I was like, oh, it's, I feel like it's reaffirming that, like, there is love or true love. And hopefully this is one of those cases. And they're rightfully skeptical of it because they live in reality in the film. But it feels like the film's saying that they are. Although I haven't seen the sequels. Even, even the tone of the movie itself, for instance, when there's no dialogue and you just see them in the, in the scenery it feels so dreamlike and it's almost as if there's 
like some sort of magical dust in the air that's surrounding them as they navigate through this, like, who knows what else is out there in terms of, like, connections and whatnot. Like, it's all just, like, noise, but in with them, it's just this self-contained bubble that distorts time and creates, like, this ethereal sensation. And it's so incredible to witness that. Like, that, that moment, yeah... I want to see. I want to say the end. After she's on the train, we go back to the same places. Without them, it's just the mundanity of it all. It, it juxtaposes with it. Where it's, I I was watching that part where I think it shows the pallets in the alley. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, oh man, like I've seen people just sitting together and stuff. Like, are they having these not daring moments? But are they having these like? Is it thrilling or just completely are they thrilling? Like, fleeting? Yeah. yeah, these fleeting moments. People outside of my my consciousness that I'm walking around the city and seeing, they're ha- they could be having experiences like this all the time, all around me. Yeah, it's like a magicness, not alone. That like, well, it's, it's it's about like that time and moment just being placed there, and then fading there forever. It it reminds me of that scene when they were in, I believe, like a cemetery or like. A, graveyard area mm-hmm. oh yes and she sees the gravestone of the 13 year old girl uh and i'll always remember that scene and how she spoke about it and how you know she said that whenever she comes back there she realizes the girl will always stay 13 years old yeah and it's just yeah it's just about time being entrapped there a scene I, I, I really enjoyed was um, when they're in the cafe at night, and it's dur- it's just before the phone call scene starts, um, where it's the camera and it's going around to each different interaction that's going on. You have, um, for instance, like a couple fighting, uh, like an American couple, one like oh, yeah. a, kind of like a business executive type yeah. service, who's complaining. Right? Yeah, yeah. This person would get. And then you and then you see like a group of like uh, three. I think that they were like professors, where they you could tell that they were just hanging out, having a good time. And then you see like these two older ph- philosophical figures, and and it was so. I, I thought it was so heartwarming to see that because it's it's like here you have in t- this moment in time, all these people who have come together in this one place, and. They're just enjoying each other's company. Like, that's what they're doing in their spare time. And I think that that's so... I don't know, it makes me feel good. And, I don't know, I I hope for that. Like, that's so cool. And then, of course, you go right back to this this magical moment between Jesse and Celine. Where they finally do share their inner monologues with one another. Because it's like... I mean, who doesn't have those questions when somebody is into them and when they're into someone else as well? Like, who who doesn't want to know everything about the person? Like, I love getting to know people. And especially when it comes to, like, a romantic connection, I find it all the more incredible to... Because it, it doesn't feel... Like, it feels so rare to have that sort of romantic connection with with a person and it's really cool to be able to make friends with them yeah (laughs) (laughs) bug alert (laughs) yeah I think that's uh, really interesting that interactions like these still happen nowadays. I mean, I, I like to think that it still does, but that whole magical romantic moment, I think all that stuff dissolves very quickly in our in our age be- just because we could connect on our phones now. We can exchange phone numbers right away, you, you know... Writing letters to each other through through pen and paper become text messages, and so that whole idea of romanticism, I think, it it fades very easily now. 
when you're so um, just uh, engraved in your in your phone now. Right? Yeah, I was actually thinking that earlier after watching it. I was um, I was just wondering. I was like, I wonder what the likelihood of something like that happening, like with Jesse and um, Celine, like nowadays. You know, like. It's. I feel like it's probably the odds of it, like you know, just meeting somebody on a train like that and having the courage to ask her out and whatever. I just feel like people are like so caught up in their phones or whatever, like Instagram and stuff that like it just wouldn't happen, or it's less likely to happen nowadays. You know, they're like, "What book are you reading?" Mm. Like, you know, you're just staring at your phone, like. I don't know. I guess it's maybe just harder to spark up conversation, or not harder. I mean, you could, you could always still talk to somebody and have like a connection like that. But I don't know. I just, I think people are more, uh, like even myself, just more like connected into like your phone rather than like with other people. Yeah, yeah. I think the small moments, the small interactions, are definitely killed by that. Yeah. I think there's just because uh, you can just always be looking at your phone, you know, like. Especially if you're, like, just waiting on a train or something like that. You don't have to pay attention to the couple that's arguing, you know? You yeah. just put in your, your earbuds. Um, you don't have to pay attention to your surroundings. You just... Your own world is on your phone now. It's definitely much, much more impersonal. But you still see those moments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you still see couples, like... Not on their phones, waiting for the train and stuff like that. Yeah. For me, it's like I usually get them in very small interactions, where you know I'm going somewhere to pick something up, or I'm at the checkout line or something like that, and then it's like the eyes connect, and I feel like that's it. Feels like two, <laughs> like two alignment beams, like coming intact, and then just like snapping into place. It's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But then that also like makes you, it like sparks something within you to where do you react or do you remain passive and let that moment go? And watching these movies has made me act upon things and become more bold in my own pursuits in life because it's so reaffirming for me. To me, it's like, why not? (laughs) <laughs> like, what's there to lose? It's like, otherwise you may just end up regretting it afterwards. I mean, regretting not having done a, a single thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, what is there to lose? I mean, there really isn't anything to lose other than whether or not, like, you're cynic or you're, like, nihilistic about the world. Um, there really isn't anything to lose. There's much more to gain in the end. You just put yourself out there, you know. And I think I love that Jesse did that. The moment he just came back to her and said, "Hey, you know, um, come with me and and visit this city, and um, you know, like th- think into the future, like maybe ten years from now. What if you're married and you're missing that spark in your relationship?" And you're wondering where it all went wrong, and then you can think, "Well, there's me." <laughs> so I'm that I'm that thing. Uh, I love that part. Just man, he just makes such a compelling argument, and he's such a heartthrob. He's he has that charisma, and it makes me want to be like Jesse too. Not always a rooster prick, but just <laughs> the good parts, you know. <laughs> I did like that part where he says, think about 10 years down the line, and you think about, why didn't I go with him? I like that it's, you can read that the same way as, like, that's him vocalizing, not vocal, but, like, he's, he was thinking about asking her to spend the day with him, and he's sitting there also thinking, like, what if I, I gotta do it? He'd be sitting there, with the, you, you can project the internal same dilemma he was probably having before he came over there. Whereas I gotta ask her to go, like, no, she, what if she thinks I'm crazy? What if she says No. He's like, oh, James, if you, 10 years from now, you may look back at this and say, why didn't I work up the courage and go ask her? And then he goes over to her and he spins it. Or it's, what about 10 years from now, if you thought back, why didn't you say yes to me? <laughs> but no, it's also, yeah, it's. 
he, just the he idea is like that confidence. Yeah, he, so it's like it's confident, but it's like it didn't feel completely confident. Like yeah, it's, a, it's confidence, but it feels I don't know, it's, there's something genuine about that. Like it's not. It was a no good malice pick up in it at all. He's not even like overly <laughs> assertive. Yeah. He's assertive like the right amount. Yeah. Well, also I think that like I don't know, especially if you're like in that situation, like you're just in a foreign country that and you're leaving in a day. It's like, why would you not just like shoot your shot if you really wanted to like hang out with a girl for a day? It's like, okay, well she says no, I'm. I'm leaving anyways. It's not like I'm ever going to see this person again. Like, it's different, maybe, you know, like if you work with somebody or whatever. That's oh, when yeah. it, things go hard or whatever, you know, because it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because then, like, what if they say no? And then, like, you still have to see them every day or something like that. Um. <laughs> but there's just, yeah, I feel it. Like, there's more at stake in your daily mundane life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you should always shoot your shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new strategy. Yeah, this film gives me that confidence again. Because, you know, lately, with this whole quarantine stuff, like, the whole COVID and just having to maintain social distancing, it's much harder in general just to meet people, to make friends, um, to develop something genuine. And when everything's on your phone, it's really hard to determine uh, sometimes what is genuine. And, you know, sometimes it makes me uh, a bit anxious about, like, shooting my shot. But it's just like, like, yeah, as I always mentioned, like, what, what is there to lose, really? You know, even if you did. Mm. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But I, I think I see Tyler saying a lot more. <laughs> it's... Not a lot more, but I also that strongly, like, yeah. I feel like, when yeah. you know more personally, it's hard, way harder. Like, I feel like it's just, like, especially, I think, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, if it's, like, also, I've been with the same girl for, like, eight years, so I don't, like, shoot my shots at girls <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> but uh, I feel like if I were, like, single right now, like, I feel like it'd be much easier for me to, like, say, like, yeah, like Kevin was saying, um, you see, like, a girl at the grocery store or whatever, like, checking your bags or, or um, ringing you up, like, I feel like it'd be much easier just to, like, ask, like, hey, like, would you, like, want to get, like, coffee sometime or whatever, you know, or, like, because it's, like, you, if you don't have any, like, connection towards them other than that, it's, like, well, at least I tried. Yeah. But whereas if it's, like, yeah, if you, you know, see somebody on a daily basis, whether it's school, like, work, yeah. mutual friends, something like that, so. Right. Um, yeah, I get that too. I think it just determines like <laughs> whether that's gonna stress you on a day to day basis. Like, if it's in your mental capacity to handle that. I don't know. Like, I sit there. I draw. I draw multiple lives of us together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm daydreaming about. I'm day daydreaming about our vacations together. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm never. I'm never expressing any interest in this person now. <laughs> I've poisoned myself and I just stopped <laughs> doing this. Okay, but isn't that the, th the downside of idealizing or romanticizing so much, you know? Isn't that sometimes what causes us to just freeze in the moment and not, uh, you know, do what we want to do and not express what we want to express? No, yeah, it's pure escapism. It's really bad. Really bad. Yeah. I would say for sure. So why do you think that is? Is it because of movies? Is it because of, like, romantic movies? Or like, unrealistic expectations? Or? It's just easier. I don't you think... control everything up here. Yeah. Like, I think this movie could fall into that category for sure, of, like, escapism. Definitely. But I also think it's something that, like, can happen and can, like, give you, like... Like you guys are saying, like, it gives you, like, a new, like, confidence or, like, hope, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think the ending, going back to that, I think it does, I think it dismisses any, like, concepts of escape, like, because it's so open. Mm-hmm. Like, like, with the, with the concept of love itself, you're a cynic or you're recept receptive to it. With the ending, like, do you view them as ever meeting again? Or do you view them as meeting again? Is it, yeah, it's like, do you find escapism? Like, no, of course they love each other forever and they live happily ever after. Or are you more, like, are you personally more pragmatic and 
Like, oh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Or even, like, flat out, like, no, they don't. It was a magical day, and that's all the film's supposed to be about. Yeah. I guess more so what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like it is, I guess, a little bit unrealistic. And, like, yes, of course, I think everybody would want to go to, like, a foreign country and, like, fall in love with a stranger in, like, a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, like, the only thing I'd say. It's, like, over-idealized about it. But, like, you could do that. You could, like, why not if you wanted to, like, so. You can do that. You can literally go escape and do that in real life. You can do that right now. (laughs) Go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet for like two hours. (laughs) Like if someone gave me the James proposal thing, like spend the day with me in a city I'm not familiar with, I think I'd definitely take it now after the film. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'd still be guarded, but I'd be more inclined to it. It's still appealing. Yeah, I... It makes me think of long-distance relationships nowadays, too, because that is becoming more and more of a thing in relationships, whether you're meeting someone just online or you're having to adapt to a situation where, you know, if it's work-related, school-related. And um, I do know one person back in high school who developed a long-distance relationship when he was 15 years old. And um, he met this girl on MySpace. So he was living here in California for the year, and she was, like, living in Atlanta or something. And at the end of our school year, he moved back to the East Coast to, like, Maryland. And they're still having a long-distance relationship. And this is all from MySpace. Wow. If anyone remembers the MySpace wow. days. So this is, yeah, back in the mid-2000s. So technology helps in some aspects, and then it doesn't help in some aspects. Yeah. And in this instance, this is the only time I've ever heard of a successful, like, a very successful long-distance relationship, like, pure long-distance, where they made it work, they got married, they moved together, and they're still together. So what I'm trying to say is, love is real. And I think, yeah, I think it can work. So that's my answer to um, this film's question. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your guys's lead, and uh, I'm gonna try to use this film not as like comfort food too much, <laughs> something to motivate me. Like you guys said, to take more shots. Uh, girl I locked eyes with yesterday at the store with red hair as well as we passed. <laughs> You're going to be married to me soon. I'm going to find you. It's going to work out. I'm going to take more shots. Yes. Find her, Pat. She really she's been recently. following Pat listening to all the podcasts. <laughs> she writes out a review. Pat, married me. <laughs> no, no, probably just we both have the same colored hair, but it, we locked eyes. <laughs> That's my closing thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a... I think anyone, everyone should watch this movie. Um, especially if you're a romance movie fan. Even if you're not, I think this is, like, a great movie for, like, couples to watch, too. Like, it's just, like, I, like, I'm... makes me feel grateful because, like, I've literally, like... I get to do that in the movie. Like, I've, I've done all those things. And I still have, like, experienced those moments. Not as frequent, I like, you know, but still. Um, you lucky son of a bitch. I know. I'm talking, <laughs> talking hella shit. <laughs> Tyler bragging about his love. <laughs> and we got her coming on the podcast next week. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, just watch watch this movie. This movie like made my day. You know, makes you feel real good. <laughs> not like, not all late film podcast movies do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, all, let's all take a moment to cherish this positive energy. <laughs> Put on a nice warm blanket. Bring <laughs> out a couple of candles. Light them. <laughs> Put on the humidifier. <laughs> Um, my closing thoughts on this movie is so many of the, I mean, 
I mean, as it was discussed earlier, the biggest takeaway for myself as well is being able to act rather than remain passive when it comes to little moments that come your way where even beyond romance, when it, you know, if it comes to something that you genuinely, genuinely want to do in life and something pops up to where you can become one step closer to realizing it, it makes you so much more present and aware of the moment. And especially if you can uh, take it upon yourself to reach out to someone in a way to establish some sort of mutual understanding. Because one thing that I pride most is communication. And I, I like to view myself as someone who is willing to go or I'm willing to act like, I think that Pat, you mentioned it earlier with Jesse where, um, he is willing to, I guess, uh, when the moment does come up to him, he's willing to take it by, by like storm. And it just makes me appreciate the spontaneity of it all and being able to access that inner, almost that it's such a wondrous perspective to have on life where you can just be so in love with it and be able to take on each moment as it comes at you with such conviction and such uh, courage. Because yeah, I'd be terrified to ask a girl out like on a train. Like, shit, what if she says no? Like, damn. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it doesn't matter if she says no. Like, that's okay. What if she does join you, but after an hour, you guys suddenly are miserable with each other? Exactly. And it's like, hey, well, at least you tried. And it's like what Celine says, it's all in the attempt. And that's what matters most. I mean, I'm, I'm an idealist at heart, but there are moments where I do have to accept the in-between of like realistic expectations versus these heightened, um, ultra, <laughs> uh, ultra idealistic expectations. Cause it's like, wow, look at, look at the full potential of this thing. Why not realize that? But it helps you find like a nice in-between. And that's the thing that I genuinely appreciate about this movie is its balance between realism and idealism because that's what makes it all the more authentic. So yeah, with that being said, uh, I feel like we all finished our closing thoughts. Um, yeah, we all really liked it. I'm glad that you picked this, Tyler. It really just, uh, it was like a, it was like a time machine. I just went back to nine years ago, ten years ago when I watched it for the first time. And me watching it again just feels as refreshing as ever. Even though I've seen it so many times. Um, and I'll still watch it again and again as I get older. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you making another awesome pick. And yeah, I uh, can't wait for next week where we're going to have a special guest, um, Abby. Um, is going to join us. So yeah, everyone stay tuned for that. For our next episode, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be a really great one. I'm always loving it when we bring in new guests, and we're hoping to bring in new guests in the future. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. What do you think's the first thing you're gonna do when you get back to Paris? Call my parents. Hmm? What about you? I don't know. I'll probably go pick up my dog. Staying with a friend of mine. You have a dog? Yeah. I love dogs. You do? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. What? Oh, I don't know. We're back in real time. I know, I hate that. What is that? Sounds like a harpsichord. Oh, check that out.
you dance to the harpsichord? Of course. Oh, wow. What? Uh, I'm gonna take your picture. So I never forget you or, uh, or all this. Okay, me too.